Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another uh, edition of Two Guys in a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. R.P. Ron Pierce. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. I hope everyone is doing well this evening. I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, if anybody cares, I'm doing okay. I, uh, no, I actually, don't. huh? So they probably don't. <laughs> they probably don't. Probably don't. <laughs> they probably don't. But I, you know what? It's been cold out here recently. But I've actually been back out trying to get myself in some level of shape. I got to get this quarantine weight off, dog. Um, I I had actually gotten up to close, right up under 200 pounds, um, which is a lot for me. I actually was over 200 at one point. Then I kind of got myself back down and then I went right back to right at 200. So right now I'm like like at 190. So I've been really like working to keep myself active, even in the midst of this cold stuff. So I actually feel pretty good right now. That don't mean nothing. I could, you know. You might uh, see me on Sunday and I'd be like, man, I'm sick and I hate everybody. So, but today I feel good. Um, and again, everybody in my house is good. So that always makes me feel that much right. better. Right. Right. Uh, so today is our um, <clears throat> Super Bowl preview, as you can tell uh, by my backdrop. I got the Super Bowl logo back there. Uh, and Which one is this? 55? 55. 55. Which is weird because I feel like this is the same logo they had last year at 54. Man, that's like the same logo they have every year. You know, because here's the thing. And anybody who knows anything about Roman numerals, I don't think they teach Roman numerals like they used to when we were in school. But we all know that if you have the the I in front of the V, that's a four. That's not five. The L is 50. So that's 50 literally that says four last year they had the exact same thing this year the l and the v or the l and the v should be 55 but they still got the trophy in the middle of it. right <laughs> but i guess if they put the trophy on the end back here that would be uh 56 so i don't know and i guess the trophy needs to be a part of it so i'm guessing that's why they did it that way <coughs> whatever Whatever. Thankfully, I know English letters uh, and numbers, so it's Super Bowl fifty-five, and we'll we'll be watching on Sunday. I think it starts. What is it? Six twenty-five or something like yeah, that? Yeah, always six thirty. You know, and that's probably yeah. you know all the pops six thirty. So I'm thinking kickoff um, probably around six thirty, six thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. really, honestly, I think it should be earlier in the day. I think it should be like in the afternoon. I think so too, bro. Because but I guess imagine, they got to take the West Coast a into, into account. Man, listen, I've been on the West Coast. Uh, when I used to work out, out on the West Coast, uh, I've been out there for football games and stuff like that. It's Sunday. It's not a Tuesday. Right. It'd be different if it was a, you know, if it was a Thursday game. Like the national championship game is at 8 o'clock on the East Coast, which is 5 o'clock out there. So doing it at six, it's still three o'clock out there. Uh-huh. So if you want to do it for them, 
put it at five o'clock, you know, if that's what you're doing it for. However, it's a Sunday. People get out of church at one o'clock. So you could do it at four or five. Like yeah. even moving it up an hour could change how, how it all goes down because this game is on, like when you're when the game is over, it started at 6.30. When the game is over, it's like 11.30, quarter to 12. Exactly. You know, and, and that was a nice thing come, about the couple of times I went out to Vegas for the Super Bowl. You know, the game is over. It's still six o'clock, so we have plenty of time to still do whatever. Tell me you know. about it. That used to be the craziest thing. Yeah, I agree. That used to be the craziest thing. Like you know, watching football, and you're done watching football on a Sunday. Like the Sunday night game goes off at about eleven something here. I'm out in Vegas. It's 7 38 o'clock, but I already been drinking for four hours. <laughs> like, like right. oh, I really don't know what to do next. I think I'm just going to go pass out somewhere because I had to watch the early games, the Browns or whoever else. And then you watch more games. Uh, if you're watching them at the, uh, at the sports book or whatever, you're watching all those games. And then the Sunday night game comes on and there's times when I'm just sitting around smoking a cigar in the cigar bar just because the game is on. But once that's over with, listen, I'm through. And yeah, and, and I'm in a different spot than most people because I'm always in Vegas or I was always in Vegas. So where other people feel like, oh man, even though I'm tanked, I got to still go out. I still got to go do this, go do that. I used to be like, man, I'm about to go to sleep. Cause I'm gonna be here tomorrow. I'm gonna be here yeah. next week, and I'm gonna be here the week after. Right. I don't have to chase that. I don't have to chase that uh, tourist tale that you know becomes being in Vegas. Right. You're like, man, I got to keep right. going. I got it. Man, I'll see y'all next week or whatever. But anyway, again, we do what we do best. Get off on tangents. Um. So we got the Chiefs and uh, the Bucks going on Sunday. Speaking of Vegas, the spread is uh, the, uh, the Chiefs at uh, minus three. I thought that it was. Didn't move. Is, is it still three or is it three and a half now? It was three when I last looked. Uh, and now I looked probably around about five o'clock when I was doing okay. my, putting my notes and stuff together. So it's kind of strange that it sticks. I think it that's what up I said. at three. Thank you. I thought it was me. So thank you for, for, for kind of making me feel like, okay, it ain't just you. I thought three was a flat, that's a flat number, bro. I I would have expected a three and a half, maybe even a four. Like stretch it out a little bit, I would have thought. Um, right, well, they, they must be getting, you know, uh, money on even sides how they want it. You know, money coming in on probably, both, on both probably, sides. Probably. The, uh, <clears throat> again, speaking of sports books in Vegas, uh, like I said, minus three for the Chiefs and the over under is 56 which is very respectable. That's very respectable. Those are respectable numbers right there. It like is. that is as even as you can probably call it, right? Right. So I, 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 I it made me go back and look because I know that they played uh, this season and it made me go back and look at the highlights of that game to try to figure out why, why they felt like that's what's going to happen or why they think that that's what's going to happen um, in terms of, of everything being so close proximity wise. I, 
I tend to think after watching that game, I tend to think they feel that Tampa Bay is a better team than when they uh, met because they played in week 12. Um, and okay. to be honest with you, KC looked like the better, better team when I looked at the, uh, the highlights and stuff. KC looked like the better team. Like KC was driving the ball all the way down. It was a couple, maybe two or three times they had gotten into the red zone and came out with like two field goals and then they had a turnover. Uh, Mahomes fumbled like on the five and uh, Tampa Bay recovered. But Brady threw like three picks. Um, the game ended 27 to 24. But okay. there was a point in the game, there was a point in the game where Kansas City was up 17 nothing in the in the first half. So for some reason, I'm not remembering this game for some reason. I know I watched I, it. I, didn't I, remember, I don't remember it. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't remember it either. And it was in Tampa, by the way. Okay. So I think the Chiefs have an understanding of what to do and how to play down there. You know, it's it's a fair weather city. It generally is a fair weather city. Even when it's cold there, it's not. It ain't Cleveland cold, that's for sure. Oh, no, uh, no, no. We're near that. You know what I mean? It's damn sure not Cleveland cold. And I don't even know that it's Kansas City cold because it gets, it, it can be pretty cold in Kansas City too. Right. But that's, you know, that's a fair weather place. Uh, and when all things are even, if you look at these teams, I would expect for, if I'm just looking at this on paper, I would expect for the Chiefs to win. But the way that the Bucks are playing recently, I think, and it's time. It's so hard to it's hard to vote against right. uh, Brady or go against Brady. Here's, and I think that's what I think that's the advantage. Technically, I guess it's not a home field advantage because the crowd is partisan. I guess they have what twenty two thousand, and I guess. 7,500 of those will be, um, you know, nurses and doctors and stuff that they selected to go to the game. But one thing I'm not sure if anybody's talking about, and, and it's so different because you don't have the media presence, or you don't have media day, media hype build up, right. and all of that, right. which I'm actually kind of grateful for this year. Like, I get tired of all of that, them trying to create different scenarios and um, trying to do the pregame hype and this, that, and the third, because all you would have heard all these two weeks. Mahomes versus Brady, Mahomes versus Brady, Mahomes. They, they would have beat that into the ground. So I'm kind of thankful yeah. that we don't have that that media onslaught. The, like the whole who's the goat, who's the goat, who's the new goat is yeah. is Mahomes on level. Right. Yeah, you know they gotta make they gotta make something of it. Yeah, I got you. Right. But the one thing that they haven't you know been able to talk about is although Tampa may, technically doesn't have a home field advantage. I think they do in a sense because they've just been at home chilling. They they get to stay yeah, in their I mean, own homes. Yeah. You know, they're not I, in the hotel. I, I, well, I take that back. They may be in the bubble because of COVID and what's going on. They may, I wonder if they put them in some type of uh, like bubble situation for the two weeks. I, that's one thing they haven't well, they haven't said. They haven't they haven't specified that haven't that was something that. that needed to occur. <laughs> But I agree with you. Imagine being in a situation where you can sleep in your own bed, even if it's just for a week. So you got mm -hmm. two weeks between the two games. Imagine that for the first week, you're in your bed. That's totally different. And 
the travel time, even if you got to stay in a hotel, the travel time is not the same. You ain't on an airplane. You're, you know, you ready. Like I could just get to the spot. Right. Because I don't think KC is going, I don't think KC is arriving until Friday. It's almost like it's a road game. And normally, and normally they would have been there by, they would have been there, you know, like Monday. Well, they don't have the media uh, 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 requirements that they've had in the past for the other uh, Super Bowls. Right. So we don't have to be there, you know, early because you're right. Uh, what's today? Today's Wednesday. Oh, hell yeah. They would have been there like maybe Sunday night or Monday morning mm-hmm. uh, at this point uh, because I think Tuesday would have been the media day, right? And then something like that. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, as, as everything is played out. And for whatever reason, they ask the dumbest questions during Super Bowl week. You think they're dumb, <laughs> you know, during season, but during Super Bowl week, they just ask. Because, I mean, when you, when you had to, you know, every day you got to ask these questions, they don't have anything to ask. They just come up with just oh. some ridiculous stuff. Trying to they be funny. Come up with the random, with the randomest, you know, most ridiculous questions. But I think that at this point, I think the players expect that anymore. Uh, like when I used to see uh, back in the day when uh, David Letterman used to send his little uh, reporter to every Super Bowl, and they would get to ask those questions and. He does the same thing for the finals. Like this, he has a little uh, Hispanic guy, and they just send him in, and he asks all of the goofiest questions. But they have a lot of people there that just ask the goofiest questions ever, on purpose. Like they're they're purposefully goofy questions, and it gets a kind of a, a laugh out of the players or whatever like that. And and right. it seems like it's like this big fun thing, but they have to make a big deal out of this game in order for it to be one of the highest rated games every single year. Even on those low years, when you put those numbers against anything that was a highly rated uh, a TV show, the numbers are always high. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday now. Yeah. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a unofficial, official holiday. Like, everyone... Well, you know what? Not if we, and then we we really we really look at look look at the numbers. Like only like half the country actually watches the game, which I always find like astounding because you just think everyone is like glued to the TV. It's like okay, what else would you be watching well, besides the doggone Super Bowl? But it's a lot of people that actually don't. But even with that being said, if you got half of a of a whole country, you know, population of the United States is what three hundred ninety million or something like that. You got half. Country watching one game, you know, that's still pretty big. Plus, you know, the worldwide audience, the people that don't normally watch American football, you know, that tune into the game. So it's always a, you know, a giant spectacle. And consider this, bro. And I say this about ratings all the time. Consider this. Consider the people that go to a, a sports bar. Well, the, the ratings are only coming off of the numbers that's of. True. Just stream right. or, or whatever TVs are right. That's, that's, that's that's good that actually have a Nielsen rating. We go to a, a Super Bowl party pretty much every year, so there's like thirty people at this spot, right? So that's thirty TVs that aren't turned on per se. Right. That's that's a very very good point. But we're all watching the game, so. Right. 
If, if right. you say half of America's watching, I'd probably say three quarters of America are watching. Yeah, that's that's. I, I get what you're saying. Now, are you pro Super Bowl party or anti Super Bowl party? This year, I don't know. I'm 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 on the fence. It just depends on how the Super Bowl party that we have traditionally gone to is set up. Um, I hate. Not, I I don't mind them. And and here's here's my I, thing. Here's why I don't mind. I don't I don't mind them because I like to eat personally. And there's always good food where I go to my Super Bowl party at. It's always good food. Um, except for the year that my wife tried to kill me. She gave me uh some jambalaya that has shrimp in it. And I'm allergic to shrimp. Are you allergic? <laughs> oh wow. I said she tried to take me out, y'all. Did y'all see this? On the slide too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. She know what it is. And then she's gonna look, then she's gonna say, Oh, you didn't eat none of this, did you? <laughs> she tried to take me a whole, gave me a whole bowl. <laughs> That's okay. I said, No, we cool, babe. Uh yeah, I finished all of that. Uh I'm making my own place from here on out. I, I don't need you to make my plate at all. <laughs> I don't know what secret insurance policy you might have on right. So I'm gonna go ahead and make my own place. But um, I enjoy them in a, in a, in a, in a certain pocket of enjoyment and most Super Bowls, I don't care because my team ain't in it. Right. But see, so, but you're, but you're, you're a talker. You are, uh, more of a social butterfly than me. So you probably enjoy the banner, the, the going back and forth talking and all of that. And that I don't mind, you know, okay. to a certain extent. But you know me, I'm a football nerd, a football purist. Sometimes I just want to watch the game. Like I end up going to Super Bowl parties where you got half the people there that haven't watched the football game literally the entire year. And they're just there for the spectacle of everything. Asking yeah. questions, talking, not knowing what's going on. And the the the, the maniacal side of me comes out because I'm like, I yeah, just, you're, you're I don't feel like explain I'm irritated. I don't feel like explaining what a holding call is. Blah blah blah. You have no idea what you're talking. They just be talking random stuff about the game. And there's so much talking going on back and forth that I can't really intently but absorb what, what's going on during the game. You know, and, and, and I agree. Now, in general, in general. In general, I am with you on 99.9% of what you just said. Um, just the other day, when the Browns were playing the Chiefs, my daughter, I didn't want my daughter to have no damn company, but she had been asking for two or three weeks for this little girl to come over. And I said, okay, she needs to bring, you know, the same, uh, same stuff I have to She needs to bring her mask. And y'all can go play and do whatever. Just leave me alone because the Browns are playing the Chiefs. I don't need nobody in my way. Now I'm thinking to myself, I might need to chill out because I got this other person in my house. And I don't want her to be frightened because right. I don't know what she sees at her crib. Well, next thing I know, they're going up and down. My wife had them doing chores and stuff. They all over the living room. I'm like,
then I, I just got to the point where I was just so irritated. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to watch the game in the basement. And she's like, well, why are you going to? I, I, I just can't. Y'all making too much noise. Like, I can't focus. Right. Like, I want to focus. Like, I can't focus. I need to hear and, 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 and what they're saying. That, I need to. Right. And, and on top of that, you got people actually picking sides and rooting for teams. I want the Browns ain't in this world. What, what, what are we celebrating? Who are you, why are y'all rooting for? I don't care well, who wins. Now, now, the, the only time I now, care I will, if, if Pittsburgh and Baltimore is in the thing, then I'll root for whoever is oh, playing, yeah, yeah, against. playing against them. Yeah. 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 Now you're rooting against. Well, I'll, I'll say this because where I go, and this is the credit that I give where I go, and it's one of the reasons why I go there. These guys are actually uh, almost 100% Browns fans, first of all. Uh, they do tailgates, you know, when the Browns were, you know, when we weren't on punishment back in the day. Uh, <laughs> they do tailgates. <laughs> right. You know, we've traveled. Matter of fact, when we went to Cincinnati, remember when I left because I said my people is here? That was yeah, that yeah. was them. They were, they were there. So. Okay. Uh, diehard Browns fans and stuff like that. So they do know football. And there's multiple TVs. There's not just one TV. There's like four TVs in their house. So I can pick which group of people I want to go sit with. If I don't want to sit with the people who are just going to be smoking and running their mouth and doing all, I, I can go somewhere else and sit with people who actually want to watch the game. Because okay. I am a football guy and I want to watch the game. I want to see what happened. And this was before I even had a show. I want to see what happened because it's it's the Super Bowl. I've only missed one Super Bowl in my life. Uh, that was the year that uh, the Steelers uh, played the Cowboys, and I hated both of them. So I didn't want to watch it. Oh, I, I back in 95 or 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it was awful. It was awful. I, I couldn't. That was the only other time that I wanted to stay. That's probably the only time in a, in a Super Bowl that I wanted to stay in to implode. But and that, you know what? And, and that's crazy that's how probably, after all this time, you would you would think that we would have missed multiple Super Bowls because just because of life, something would have happened where you missed. Because I don't think I've missed one at all that I can that I can think of. I don't think I've ever missed a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I purposely missed that one, and I agree. I remember as a kid coming to your house, spending the weekend over there because the Super Bowl was that weekend. Uh, your your sister was a little baby. Y'all were in Cleveland Heights at the time, and that was okay. the year. That was that was Washington versus uh, the Broncos, and we were over your yeah, house, yeah, yeah. And, and you and I was we was dancing through your house through your basement because Denver. Well, we was mad at first because Denver scored first. So we was mad. We was like, yeah, I these sons of guns about to win. And then, you know, Doug Williams goes on this tirade. <laughs> right. He went on a, on a tirade. That was him and uh, Timmy Smith, right? Timmy Smith's yeah. running back. He never heard his name again after that Super Bowl either. You might not have heard it before. <laughs> right. But, yeah, they played a great game. And won that game, and I went home. It was snowing outside. I caught the bus because I got off on uh, what's that? Uh, Green Road. And I caught. I walked right back out on the Green Road. Caught that 34. Went home after the game was over. 
because I had school the next day. My mom was like, you better make sure you get home. I was like, I ain't got no choice. I got to go. You know, your mom was like, your mom was like, you sure? You sure? It's kind of late. I said, nah, I got to go. <laughs> I'm nah, shocked we didn't give you a ride home. Miss Debbie, it was snowing bad, and I think Robert still had the yellow demon. So I, I was like, that, man, we I had that that Right. Yeah, yeah that, I, I, I used to call it the demon, man. <laughs> Look, I said, man, that thing ain't gonna make it up the hill, man. <laughs> Let, I just, man that car lasted a long time. That was, that was a old, I think it was a '65 Galaxy, I think. And uh, he used to call it the Rolls, like the Rolls Royce. And that car lasted a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I car rolled smooth as hell, too. Yeah, it gave gas for no reason. It would just get, as soon as you turn it on, it's ready to go. Right? Just yeah, gas gone. going into the intake. But, right. uh, so, let's get back to the game a little bit. The Chiefs, I looked, at, I looked up the injuries. The Chiefs actually are almost at full strength. Well, you know what? Uh, They're missing their their left and right tackle, though. They are missing their tackles, but you know these guys were were uh, not going to play. I, I don't think they played in the championship game, right? Well, one guy somebody hurt got hurt. I think somebody got hurt during the championship game. I think I want to say hurt. I think, uh, I think the right tackle. left tackle got hurt in the championship game. They hadn't had their right tackle for a few weeks, so. I think they're, you know, uh, a little bit, they're kind of like us, uh, how we were at a certain point where we didn't have all of our best guys right. on, that, uh, on that offensive line. But I think the type of offense that they run, because they run their offense so quick, I don't know how much that's going to matter, per matter. se. And, right. I, and I think also when I looked at who's missing or who didn't practice today, because they didn't really, uh, uh, you know, let out no official injury report because it's only Wednesday. They don't let those out until uh, Friday, Friday afternoon-ish. Uh, but JPP didn't practice today. He has a knee issue. Uh, so if they don't have somebody as disruptive as JPP to worry about, you know, right. I'm not sure that the offensive line and not and, being there will be. Uh, and I think KC had a couple of guys on the COVID list with a close contact. It was a receiver and maybe a tight end, like a backup tight end or something like that. I don't think it was anybody of uh, of consequence. Nobody that matters on that. Nobody right. that matters. And, um, and, and, and let me rephrase that because I. Oh, excuse me, real quick. I, I don't. I don't want to say that nobody that matters in the sense of people might have COVID, so it don't matter. No, I'm saying it doesn't matter in terms of how they uh, run their offense. It doesn't matter how they run if that guy's on it, defense. It, it basically, matter. it's equivalent, you know, to you Browns fan, it's equivalent to if Andrew Sandejo and number 34 in the secondary had, they really wouldn't make much of a difference if they were playing or not yeah, playing, it it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, because Andrew Vendetto stinks. By Robert Jackson, he called him number thirty-four. Robert Jackson. That's who I was. I was uh, speaking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think on the Tampa side, I think Antonio Brown is questionable. Um, I'll ask well, he hope he plays. He did or did he, he? He was in limited practice today, but he did practice. Okay. And they said he's he's set up. He's in a spot to where he's probably going to play. It didn't right. say gay or nay. 
but they just said the way it looks. He did practice. He was limited. Okay. He's probably going. He was limited, uh, but he, so I, I, you know, I did, I, I did my due diligence on that one. Okay, and then um, uh, and Antoine Winfield Jr. I think was hurt. Um, I think he was questionable. Yeah. Levante David was questionable, but I think those guys will end up playing. Levante David, Levante David was. Let me be sure before I say this. Levante David was limited today, so he did practice. Antoine Winfield was limited today, but he did practice. So pretty much everyone is practice. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. So if guys are out right. today, or excuse me, or, or uh, during this week, if guys are out, there's two reasons. They're either trying to save it for the Super Bowl, for the actual game, right. or they are really hurt. Yeah, at this point it's in the season, it's not if, if a guy is not 100%, there's no reason to run him out there and practice and risk further injury. That's just not smart. So, yeah, so that's I what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is either like, yo, just keep me out of practice and then let me get into the game because maybe having a week's or two weeks worth of rest is worth it. Or that dude is really, really hurt. You know, right. Uh, you know, we see guys, we, we see guys during uh, the regular season who do the exact same thing. They don't practice during the entire week. They kind of sit out because they're like, man, I could probably practice, but why practice? And I'll just show up for Friday on practice. And they'll be able to say, oh, okay, he, he did practice some on Friday. So right. we can still game plan him in type of thing. So All it's right. well, let's, Wednesday, let's go I'm not going to say. Well, no, I'm just saying it's, it's Friday. Uh, JPP ain't practicing. I mean, excuse me, it's Wednesday. JPP ain't practicing. It's not Friday yet. We'll wait till Friday before we find out if JPP is going to practice. So let's break everything down kind of by position and kind of think, you know, give your opinion on who has the advantage. So quarterback, All right. who has the advantage on quarterback? Uh, I would say the advantage on quarterback is, is Tom Brady. I'm not because going to say of, Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying Tom only, I'm only saying Tom because it's hard for me to say that Tom Brady ain't the guy. So when you're talking yeah. about who knows how to win, when you're talking about pressure situations, when you're talking about championship pressure situations, while Mahomes has won and while Mahomes has dealt with that championship, he's lost too. Not in the, not in the Super Bowl, but he's lost on his way to a Super Bowl before. Right. This kid is special. This kid is special. And I like Mahomes. But my pick has nothing to do with Mahomes. My pick has more to do with who Tom Brady is. Like, if Michael okay. Jordan makes it to the finals, I'm, I'm, I don't know what your team look like. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with Mike. And that's kind of where I'm at. The, with I'm going to get advantage to Mahomes. Um, and it's just basically just purely off, off uh, ability at this point in time in their careers. Uh, one thing that people swept under the rug last week was that uh, Tom Brady did throw three pretty bad interceptions against uh, Green Bay. Um, 
And just Green Bay just wasn't able to capitalize on it for whatever reason. They couldn't, you know, move the ball and, and score like in the second half. So I'm gonna give that advantage to um, KC. Um, offensive okay. lines. Um, I'm gonna say the offensive lines right now are kind of like a wash. Neither one of them are, you know, they're both pretty good offensive lines. What do you that. think about that? No, I can buy that. I can buy that. Um, I think the O-lines are, like you say, I, I don't know that there's anyone, especially uh, with the injuries that Kansas City has had on their offensive line. So now you're dealing with second and potentially third string guys starting in the Super Bowl, not your not your front line guys. Right. Uh, Tampa's offensive line has gotten better, but I don't know that they were, they were great to begin with. So I, I, I'll go with that. I'll go with the watch. Right. Um, running backs. Running backs, I'm going to give that edge to Tampa. Um, you got Fournette. You got Ronald Jones. Um, I forgot they got LaShawn McCoy. He actually showed up during a media interview. I'm like, dude, like, where have you been, like, all season? Um, but, I, but in the in Kansas City, for whatever reason, they really don't utilize their running backs. I think uh, Le'Veon Bell is hurt. He may or may not play. Um, Edward Hilaire should play, and then you got Damian Williams. But I think I'm gonna get the overall running attack advantage to the Buccaneers. Well, I'm gonna give it to the Bucks because they actually use theirs a little bit more. Um, right. I think the talent though is actually on. Uh, aside from. For net, I think the talent is on the Kansas City Chiefs side. Uh, I yeah. really like, uh, I really like uh, Edwards Hilaire. I think his ability is talent-wise. I think he has way more ability than what they use him for. You can kind of see it when he gets the ball, and damn sure you can see it when he gets the ball in space. I mean, the dude is tough to uh, to take down. Um, but we're talking about the impact that they might have on the game. So I, I will give Tampa that. And, and another note for Tampa, uh, Le'Veon did, did practice today, limited practice. Uh, so he's for, I mean, I'm sorry, not Tampa, for uh, Kansas City. He mm -hmm. did practice today, um, limited, but he did practice. So there's a good chance that he'll probably play at least some but again, they don't run that much. They run a lot more. Uh, like Andy Reid is super West Coast offense guy, right? So a lot of their runs are short passes and getting guys in, into uh, quick space and stuff like that. But uh, right. to, to to respond specifically, I'm going to give that to uh, Tampa because they use their guys a little bit more. All right, now on to the receiving core. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to give the edge to KC. I do too, but not by much. Um, the Buccaneers receiving core um, actually is pretty formidable. We know Mike Evans, mm -hmm. Chris Godwin, um, mm -hmm. Antonio Brown, if he plays, and Scotty Miller. And you got Gronk that they don't use him as much, but he's always a threat. He seems to make at least one or two big plays every game. Um, you got Cameron Bray. So I think overall their receiving core um, is pretty – is almost on par with KC. Uh, I guess they may be KC may have a little bit more overall speed, but don't discount Tampa Bay's receiving core at all. But I give a slight, a very, very, very slight edge to Kansas City. 
Uh, I'm not going to give a slight edge to them. I'm just going to get edge edge to them. And I think the biggest difference is now I know AB on the Steelers. If it was like a Steelers type situation, you got AB versus uh, Tariq. Now mm-hmm. we talk, but the the, the AB that we have right now in the offense that he's in right now, that dude ain't on Tariq's level at all. Um, Tariq Hill is a special talent. Um, he's incredible. He's his ability to catch, his ability to move. I, I've never seen a dude move so much, catch a ball, move so much, make people miss, and only get four yards like this dude. Right. I mean, he's a he him by himself. He's incredible. Um, I like him. What we need to do, switching gears a little bit with OBJ and Jarvis to what they do with him. I think that would work because I keep saying, get these guys in space. You get them in space, these guys are incredible. And I see that in Tyreek. Tyreek is incredible in space. And that mm-hmm. just freaks everybody out because you don't have nothing. You, It's just you and me. It's just me and you. That's it. And Tariq will tell you, oh, I'm winning that because it's me versus you. Right. I'm winning that. And he generally does. He generally wins those. So the the talent that Tariq Hill is by himself, then you got Hardman, uh, Travis Kels. In the championship game, both these dudes, uh, Kels and and um, and Tariq had almost, I think both of them damn near had 10 catches if they didn't for over 100 like yards. Right. The first time that has ever happened, ever, in the NFL history. So, Travis Kels is a special type of guy. I like Grunt. Travis Kels is a young Grunt, uh, Grunt rather, and a, probably a faster Grunt, uh, maybe a more mobile Grunt. Grunt is just a load of a dude uh, who can catch his ass off, and he's an incredible tight end, so I ain't taking nothing from him. But right. the grunt that we have right now, you probably only got about five catches that you're really going to get out of this dude. Whereas Travis Kels is going to catch volume-wise. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge, not a slight edge. I'm giving the edge to Kansas City. Yeah, and the reason why I said because I a slight edge because I like um, Tampa's. I like the size of their receivers. Um, no, like Chris I Godwin, like I think very very underrated. You know, Mike Evans is going to be a matchup nightmare too because of this hype. But I get what you're saying. Right. I know where you're coming from. So, no, uh, I, listen. I, and if I give anybody the impression that I don't like Tampa's guys, that's not what you. I'm saying. I'm just looking at it. I know you. I know you. Yeah. I'm just, you know, for for folks that might listen and be like, "Man, that dude RP crazy as hell." I'm not saying that Tampa doesn't have. Listen, I'll take Chris Godwin. I keep hearing people talk about trading OBJ and all that stuff. Listen, now, if you want to talk about trading him and you're going to get me Chris Godwin type catch, okay. Right. Well, let's listen to that. But if you're just talking about trading OBJ, just to be trading OBJ and you don't know who they're going to get back and all that stuff, no. So I'm against that kind of stuff. I'm talking from a Brown standpoint because I understand the talent. The talent that OBJ has is equivalent to the talent that Tyreek Hill has. 
But go back, if you don't think I'm, you think I'm joking, go back and look at that Dallas game. Those are the types of games that should be happening for Odell Beckham Jr. every week. Those are the types of games that Tyreek Hill has every single week. Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now let's move on to uh, defensive line. So defensive line, I'm giving the edge to Tampa. I think with JPP, Sue, a um, couple of the guys on that line, I think they're probably a much more disruptive defensive line than uh, than the Chiefs have. Oh, uh, that's easy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's easy. All you got to say to me is JPP. That works. JPP has a complete total of seven and a half fingers. Right. And he is an animal with all seven and a half of those fingers. This dude has found a way. Most people, and we see this often. We actually see this often. So while people might think I'm making fun, I'm not. Because we see this often. We see people who, uh, what's the, I can't remember which, linebacker for uh which linebacker for Kansas City has a cast on his hand but there's certain yeah, things he has a whole club yeah wrap up right right he get it's almost like a club and you also can't throw this thing at people because you might mess around and break their arm because you got a, a hard cast now you kicked out of the game so you got to respond to that like a regular linebacker and try to wrap people up or like a, a regular defensive end and try to wrap people up. Listen, JPP has, seriously, I'm not joking. He's got two and a half fingers on one hand. He blew it off in a, in a being goofy in a, a fireworks accident. Like fireworks, yeah. Six years ago, seven years ago. People didn't even think he was going to be able to play ever again. All he's done is not only play again, but be the equivalent of what he was when he was playing at his peak. He was already an incredible talent when he was in uh, in, in New York. Mm -hmm. But he was doing goofy stuff towards the end of that, and him blowing his hand off, they ended up releasing him because he had a ridiculous contract. Only ridiculous because right. he's not playing. And he got picked up by Tampa you know, a little bit after that. And this dude has put himself back into the JPP that we remember from, you know, those, the last, uh, the last team in New York that won the Super Bowl, JPP was a rookie. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he has been in the league that long. When he was back doing yeah, straight hand. And, uh, and uh, what, I, uh, uh, Justin Tuck. Those yeah, guys. Justin Tuck. I, I've I've called I, I have this thing with nicknames. I make up nicknames for people. So JPP, I've been calling him Japupa for the longest. But I stopped <laughs> calling him Japupa because he hadn't been playing at that level. Guess what I was calling him last week <laughs> watching the championship game? Japupa is back. <laughs> Japupa is back. So if that dude is going to play on Sunday and if Indominus Sue is going to play, I know he's going to, 
he wasn't on the injury list or whatever. But what I'm saying is, if you have those guys lined up, they are going to be super disruptive for whatever. And their and their instincts and their intelligence, their IQ levels are so high. Right. They're going to be a problem on Sunday. I'm giving that edge to them. I agree 100%. Um, going to the linebackers, I'm giving that the edge to the Buccaneers again. Um, I love the way Levante David plays. Um, grizzled veteran, you know, been through it all, solid from front to back. Um, Devin White, the rookie, number 45, um, he's been solid. He's he's looking like the real deal. Man, that kid looks like um, um, he's going to be a superstar. And just looking at some of the numbers, man, he had nine sacks this year as a from the, from the linebacker position, which in today's NFL um, is, is damn good. Um, from a, yeah, JPC had that, nine and a half. That equates. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. You got Shaq Barrett. I forgot about Shaq Barrett, um, linebacker. He had eight sacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like know, William Bolton as a lineman. Um, they just have a solid, they got a solid roster on defense. Um, I'm gonna give that edge to uh Tampa as well. Well, yeah, that's easy. I think their linebackers are more active. I think their linebackers are more athletic. Levante David is right now probably the best linebacker that's playing football right now, today. He's probably the best linebacker on that team. He's definitely better than any linebacker that the Chiefs have. Right. I take him over anybody that's on the field. So that's what I mean when I say the best linebacker playing coming up on Sunday today. He's only he's a, right. one of the few that is playing right now. Um, he's not the best in the league, but man, when you talk about having veteran savvy and also understanding where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. It's easy for me uh, to say that they're, uh, you know, the Tampa linebackers are the class of uh, the linebackers that'll be playing on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so now in the secondary, the secondary overall, I'm going to give Tampa the edge on that one too. I love the way the yeah. Honey Badger plays. Um, they have a rookie, um, his name, Sneak. Mm -hmm. uh, what's his name? Uh Terry Sneed, um, that he's played, he's had a hell of a season, but I think um, with um, Antoine Win Winfield Jr., you have um, Whitehead, a former Brown, that's been playing yeah, well. Um, Carlton Davis, a solid corner. Um, I think that the overall edge, I think, in my well, opinion, goes to, to just front the back, you know, at all positions in the secondary. I think I'm gonna give Tampa that edge too. I'm going to go with um, Kansas City on this one. Okay. And now, mine is probably a little more because I watched, you know, that tape today, that film today of their last encounter. Davis got torched a lot in his coverage on, on uh, Tyree. But that ain't saying shit. Because most people get torched trying to cover Tariq Hill. <laughs> that's just that's just kind of what Tariq Hill does to people. Uh, but saying that, listen, 
instinctively. And I like Wayne. I, I mentioned Wayne in the championship. This dude was all over the field. He had two forced fumbles. One that got recovered for a touchdown. He was instrumental in what got Tampa Bay uh, the momentum that they needed to keep them going forward into uh, winning that national, I mean, the national championship, the National Football Conference Championship. Uh, so, you know, hats off to him. So it's not saying that these guys stink or suck or nothing. But I've said this, and I've said this, and I've said this. Darren Matthew, his ability and his instincts are second to nobody else's on the planet. Second to nobody else's on the planet. This dude just has a knack for being here. It's almost Palomalo-esque. He just got this knack for being around where the players go. So his cachet alone along with what you generally see out of these guys, uh, what you generally see out of their, their cornerbacks. Their cornerbacks aren't great, but they play well together, and they damn sure play well together with uh, their safeties. I'm going to get an answer to Kansas City. Okay. Um, what's the next position? Special teams? That's Special the last team. one, right? Yeah. Um, you know what? And I'm not educated enough about either one of their special teams units to really make a, an educated opinion about this. But um, I'm going to give that. Doesn't Casey have a pretty good punter? They got a good punter. And and, good yeah, so I'm going to give that. I'm going to give the edge just because I have to. to uh, I got to pick somebody. I give it to Casey. And Hardiman, when he's not being an idiot uh, back there, is a pretty damn good, dangerous um, kickoff Butker. and punt returner. So you got Butker. Right, is, right, right, right. Who is uh, Kansas City's? And I'm about to look up. I'm about to look up the kicker for uh, Tampa to see who had who had kicker and place kicker. So I can give because I don't. I'm not that. Uh, learn it for what they do. Oh, Ryan Sucker. Okay. That's, I, I, I'll be honest with you, that's a wash to me. And yeah, I know, it's almost I, about a wash. I know that there's more to special teams than just the kickers, but rarely in playoff, or excuse me, in Super Bowl history has a punter been named the reason that your team lost. So I agree with you. It's probably gonna, it's probably going to be yeah. uh, a a a punt returner who doesn't uh, field the ball well, a goofy play on a kickoff, or it's going to be a field goal or two that's missed or made. So I'm I think the kickers wash yeah. themselves out. I think they're both really solid kickers. Um, and then it's just probably going to go down to uh, like you say, Hardman. Harmon, if he gets the ball, God dang it, if he gets the ball in space. Right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to call it a watch because, again, I still don't know enough 
about what occurs, but I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna call it that. Watch, watch board. So watch let's board go ahead with our, with our overall predictions for the game. I'm interested in seeing the chess match that these two guys play. Um, very different approaches to the game. I think Arians has always been a good offensive mind, just like Andy Reid. I just think that um, Bruce Arians is probably a little bit more traditional, plays are probably a little bit more closer to the vest, whereas Andy Reid, you know, likes to gamble. He's going to pull out some trick plays. He's going to do some things that are a little bit more unconventional. He's always been that way, um, you know, as a head coach. Um, but I'm leaning towards Tampa. Um, and that, and that's Tampa to win outright, not even taking the point spread. I think that I'm always a guy that looks at who has the better defense and who has the better run game that can control the, you know, the clock. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. As a matter of fact, my last few predictions when I've gone with, like, the defensive team hasn't worked out that way. Because I think it was, it was San Francisco and Casey last year, right? And I went with San And actually, San Francisco, they hadn't got, you know, boneheaded in that game. They actually held Casey down for a while. It wasn't until, you know. You know, they, they were going neck, neck neck and neck, and they just couldn't capitalize on a few things and, and let Casey just, off the hook. So, look, just that? Shanahan being Shanahan. Right, exactly. So I'm going to go with um, Tampa. I think it's going to be um, more like a dink and dunk type of game than people expect. People probably think, you know, it might be an aerial show. Yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be a little bit more, more calculated, more of a – attack you know a technical game you kind of like like in boxing how you kind of two guys two heavyweights are kind of just like filling each other out kind of jab 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 maybe throw a big uppercut here or there but i think it would be a more game that's probably play a little bit more closer to investing people think but i'm going with tampa in a close one i'm gonna go tampa 34 31 and tom brady gets his seventh super bowl ring and yeah, we got to hear all hear about that for the next eight months, but nothing to hear nor there. But uh, that's my prediction. Okay, okay, I think I can uh, appreciate that. And the crazy part is that's right where the spread is. So guess what? If you if you if you bet on the Bucks versus the spread, you win. Actually, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would win that. <laughs> I, I will no, win. no, you were winning. You're right. You're right. It's not the I Bucks. It's the, Chiefs. it's the Chiefs minus three. So matter yeah, of fact, right. matter of fact, um, if I put money, if I put money on the game, um, like that, it's probably in my best interest to take the Bucks money line. And that. Oh case. yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. No. Well, I no. Wait, I forget. No, what the odds, money, odds would, would just be. You got to know what the money line is first. And I think no, the money actually, line. Was, well, it just be money line just means Tampa just gonna win outright without the the point, you know, taking the point yeah. spread into it. Actually, the smarter yeah. play, if I think Tampa's gonna win outright, is just to take Tampa with the points. You know, that way, either yeah. way, you know, you actually, straight, actually pick this up. I forgot it was it was them. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs, and I'm thinking the Chiefs because I think I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Um, it's really okay. tough to pick against, and I said that it's tough to pick against 
uh, the GOATs. It's tough to pick against them. It's tough to think that they're going to do something or, or something to lose a game, excuse me, something to lose a game or not enough to win a game. Because when have the GOATs done it? That's one of the right. things that makes those guys the GOATs. We can't remember a game where Magic, or excuse me, where Mike didn't do something to uh, inflict his will, to enforce his will on a game that mattered. We've seen him do it multiple, multiple times. Now, of course, we've seen him lose too. We've seen him, you know, get bounced out of the playoffs. We excuse it because it was after him being on retirement. But the truth is, you right. still lost, homie. You still took that L. So, but to be, as, as, as my man Ric Flair would say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And to be honest, the man right now is Patrick Mahomes. Pat has to figure out a way to stand up to whatever this thing is, the the the, the aura, the 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 machismo, the bravado that is Tom freaking Brady. And I don't say that lightly. That's Tom freaking Brady, dog. You, you know, when we came on the show last week after uh, the championship games, what I say, man? That dude, I, he's the GOAT. I, I've been holding out saying that for a long time. That dude is the GOAT. So it's hard to go against that statement. But I'm going to say this. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think Andy Reid, I think that team, has the ability, team-wise, if they stay within the team frame, they can win this game. If they do the most team definitely. thing, they can win this game. Most and most I'm definitely. Sure. I mean, it's not like it's not like Tom Brady hasn't been beating the Super Bowl before. You know, so it's not like this um, mystique where, you know, Tom Brady's won every Super Bowl that he's been in. Um, no, so no, I don't. No. That, uh, yeah, he don't have a mic cachet like that to where you right. want. I mean, but hell, he's been 10. This is 10th, right? Right. So figuring out how to get to 10, this dude has been by himself to more championships uh, situations than the, the Browns as an entire entity. Organization. Uh, right. 56 or whatever to the NFL. So that's what I mean. Like, I can't discount that. I can't discount that. Right, right. That's why I call him the GOAT. This dude just finds a way no matter where he goes. This is your first year there. Tampa was 7-9 last year. It wasn't no Super Bowl or potential Super Bowl uh, place. And you do it with no offseason, you know, learning a new system, new coach, all of that, and still is able to do it. So, Come on, bro. Yeah, man, that's that's, that's a incredible. huge accomplishment. And really just – And I have to um, tip my cap to that. And solidifies his legacy. Would've, would've, would've lose this game and solidifies his legacy. Yeah, it don't matter. Uh, but definitely, man, you're absolutely you know, right. KC, KC could, you know, even though I picked Tampa, it wouldn't shock me if KC blew him out, you know? Well, again, I know yeah. that the regular season doesn't matter that same way, but I told you, 
and that game on in week 12, Kate, I mean, uh, Tampa wasn't what Tampa is now. Let's say that. Let's get that out of the way. I think Tampa has grown since that game. So it, mm-hmm. they'll see a different team. Uh, and I think they'll see some different wrinkles because that's just what Tom Brady brings to the table. However, I do expect to see Andy Reid do his uh, shimmy and shake with some trickerations. And Andy Reid also understands he spent so much time in Philly getting to uh, being being a, the, the best man every year and never actually getting through to the Super Bowl. He understands now. He appreciates this now. I don't think he's going to let this one slide away for him. Gotcha. Um, I think you know the Tampa I mean? and, and they kind of, you know, run the ball steadily with Fournette. And people forget about Ronald Jones because he's been hurt during the playoffs. Um, I think they can kind of maybe control the game that way. And also they have the ability where they can put some pressure on Mahomes and maybe disrupt that offense a little bit too. So, well, that's, that's their best bet is they do have the ability to do that. Um, again, if JPP is healthy and that defensive line is doing what the defensive line needs to do, uh, and Dominican Sue can, you know, stop the run a little bit and, you know, keep them off of running when they ever decide to run, uh, Kansas City, that is. They'll have a chance. The problem is this team doesn't run like that. So now you got to cover these guys in space. Yeah, that's true. That's that to yeah, me it's, it's is a match of nightmares on both sides. They get that ball out so fast, uh, not super fast. You do have opportunities to get to these guys, but they understand what they need to do. It's quick, quick, quick sideline, and they'll take a two yard pass. They're okay with that. They'll take a three-yard pass, and they they're they're fine. All right, well, the second and right. seven. All right, so so I was worth saying this. He says third and eight to them is like third and one. Yeah, pretty much. And that's scary. So now, so, so what's your uh, what's your final score prediction? Uh, I think the score is going to be uh, thirty-two. I'm going thirty-two to twenty-four. Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Um, Ronald is going with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm looking forward to the game, man. Like, I may go to a party. I may not. Um, I may just, uh, you know, me and my old man were just talking about just getting together, maybe throwing something, you know, on the grill if it's warm enough. It's supposed to be pretty cold that day and kind of just kind of keeping it low-key. It's going to be cold. So, <laughs> right. They're talking about more snow within the next day or so. All right. Okay. So, you might have to scratch that, but maybe just, we're still going to cook, you know, throw something together and maybe just keep it low key. So I know, listen, I know your cooking ass. Cook. I know your cooking ass. Because <laughs> you always cook the same. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Practice I got, I got some stuff I'm working on, man. So um, and I know people eat with their eyes first. So that's kind of, you know, the yeah. and it's behind that. So. Look, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> we always <laughs> eat with our eyes. Like, What's that? Right. <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean don't just do cookies, by the way. Now, he don't sell anything other than his cookies, but Sean cooks and he is really good at it. At least I don't I've never tasted any of it. 
but it looks good. Like you said, we eat with our eyes. It looks good. Stuff he, stuff he puts together. Yeah, most of the stuff, if I post it, normally it tastes good. Because trust me, I've had some kitchen disasters um, <laughs> that, that haven't made it to Instagram. Now, I experiment a lot, man. I experiment with different flavors, new spices, new herbs. And everything that comes out so kosher all the time. So, what you so. say? <laughs> kitchen disasters. Kitchen Ain't nothing wrong with a kitchen disaster, though. Because sometimes right. that's where you learn that is in that disaster. It happens, so man. Like anybody thing. that that cooks and bakes out there knows that you can do the exact same recipe the exact same way two times, and it comes out completely different. Because just because right. it, the weather, the humidity, anything, can, everything, can affect your all food, of your, your food, you know, all of it. Play. I've tried to tell my wife that. Like she's like, last time you barbecued, it didn't take this long. I'm like, yeah, well. Last time I barbecued, the wind was blowing 15 miles per hour. So it was kicking up the fire. Right, right. It was making the heat blow through. Now it's kind of still as hot as shit outside. There's no, it's just super humidity. I can't keep opening this thing. I got to keep everything on the inside. Right. Like, you know, the control, the control part of it, like you say, the control part is where it all goes to shit. Exactly. You know, depending on what you're doing. So yeah, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, cooking is definitely so, a science. We're gonna we're gonna move a little bit past the Super Bowl, but we're not gonna move outside of football. So this this week, within this week, should I say, because we haven't been with you guys since uh, our midweek show of last week. Since we have had our uh, podcast last week. We saw what would be considered a blockbuster trade. Why is it a blockbuster? Well, most times when teams swap quarterbacks, that's considered a, a blockbuster. Uh, you know, that's just how the NFL works. Whenever you trade quarterbacks, whoa, because most teams don't do that. Especially right. teams that are a year or so removed, a year and a half removed from being in the Super Bowl. In my lifetime, I can't remember teams swapping quarterbacks. Yes, I'm, yes, sure, yes. It, I'm sure it may have happened. It may have happened at some point, exactly. but to exactly. my knowledge, I can't I can't remember that. Or teams just flat out swap quarterbacks. Like that is legitimate, uh the legitimate definition of a of a blockbuster in the NFL. So we saw uh, Jared Goff, who was an LA Ram. Uh he was in the Super Bowl, took LA to the Super Bowl two years ago. That's two years ago. Uh, Just, uh, thank you, Sean. I'm serious, thank you. Just two years ago, this dude took this team to the Super Bowl. Didn't play horrible. I think it was just a bad coaching job by uh, their coach, personally. That's why they lost. They didn't get blown out or anything like that. They just, they weren't going to win that game. We conceded they were going to win that game. They weren't a better complete team. But their coach decided that throwing was the most important thing, even though they had a guy who almost had 2,000 yards rushing. And he didn't use Ty Gurley being, being that, that particular person. But then we saw Ty Gurley beat Jettison a year later right? Uh, in the next season. And then now we see uh, Jared Goff beat Jettison a year after that. So we saw him get traded, Jericho, because that, 
that's where we where we start this conversation at to Detroit uh, for Matthew Stafford. Now, I'm, my question is this, and I want to ask Sean this. I'm, I'm I'm the one who brought this to the show uh, because I saw this earlier uh, during the week, and I thought this would be a great uh, discussion for us. Again, Sean is a very good football mind, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this. I, I just kind of wanted to tap his brain for this because I had my thoughts. Well, let's see what somebody else thinks. It ain't all about me. Let's see what this dude thinks. So when you saw this this trade go down, Sean, and, and let me let me run down parts and pieces of this trade. The first round they got two. The Rams gave Jared Goff two first round picks to be mentioned and named later, and a third round pick to Detroit for one. Matthew Stafford. So what was your initial thought of that particular trade? Like, what did you think in your own mind? I thought it was goofy. I thought it was goofy. And I thought the Rams gave up way too much for a guy that's never won a playoff game. You would have think, you know, to give up. And, like, the first-round picks are – they're already named. It just for next year. It's for – not next year. Um, 2022 and 2023. So and the only reason name them at first. That's the only reason I said. Okay. That. So you don't know. And, you don't know what years they're coming out. But who cares? That first round right. picks. And then the only reason why they couldn't give up a number one pick this year because the Rams didn't have one. They never had first round picks. Right. Um, and I guess that was the best offer. So they said that's the. So do you mean to tell me that? Um, that's the bet that you, you were the highest offer and you gave up all of that. You couldn't like tone that down like a little bit. Um, to me, you know, Matthew Stafford is a great stats guy. Um, he throws for, you know, 4,000 meaningless yards every year. Thank you. Thank you. I was just getting ready to you say, know, what do you usually say about his yards? Go ahead. Yeah, he throws for 4,000 meaningless yards. <laughs> a great stat stuffer, man. He's the Tracy uh, McGrady. He's the Tracy McGrady of the NFL. You know, stats, stats for Lord, I don't mean absolutely, absolutely nothing. Don't, don't do nothing once you get in the playoff, if, if you, even if you get to the playoff. That's who Matthew Stafford is. And people keep saying, uh, if you only had a coach, if you only had this. Look, has Matthew Stafford had crappy coaches and a crappy organization? Yes, he has. You know, I can't, I will not deny that. Um, and that could have played a part, you know, in, in, in his development or lack of, you know, development as far as getting to that next level. But it gets to a point, he's been in the league since, since 2009. So this is going into his uh, his 12th year. And normally, yeah, so normally a guy is who he is now. Um, and with the right situation, could he do like a Rich Gannon? Remember Rich Gannon finally, you know, later on in his career? You know, he got to a Super Bowl, you know, Brad Johnson later on in his career. Yeah. He, he got a ring. Um, but Sean McVay to me is one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL. You know, he was supposed to be this this great offensive genius. I think that went to his head, and he doesn't do the simple things sometimes. There's no reason why the Rams with the weapons that they had 
shouldn't be playing better. And that defense, too. You got that great defense that you waste because of your dumb offensive, you know, they're play call. Look, they're blaming, but they're blaming it on the quarterback, apparently. Um, and, and golf and golf doesn't yeah. set the world on fire, but he's not awful. He you know bad. what I'm saying? He's not he, he's not trash. Is he is he he's not trash. elite? He's not elite, but he's not no, he's not elite. He's not trash. He's not elite. I, I will put him in uh, a B slash C category. Yeah. He, he's, He's had some A games. Like, he's had some A games. But, hell, even some bombs have had A games. Yeah, one thing that, that kind of hurts, watching, I, I've seen golf play in person. And he's just most effective when he gets to play off the play action. Like, when they came in town to play the Browns, when they were doing play action, when, I mean, he was killing us because that gave him well, time to set throw and find his receivers. Um, now, because they don't well, run the ball that much. There you, go. That there you go. And that's what yeah. I was getting ready to say. Like, bro, I, what did I just say? Why they lost that Super Bowl? They lost because they ain't run the damn ball. Right. And when they ran it, they wasn't running with their most effective guy. It was like, Todd Gurley, hey, you remember that year? Uh, who was that who lost their helmet? Uh, 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 Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas couldn't get on the field because he lost his helmet and, and won Super Bowl oh, yeah, uh, yeah, to start yeah. the game. Okay? But he lost his helmet. Now, however goofy that might be, there was a reason that Thurman Thomas wasn't on the field. One of the best players to uh, the Baltimore, I'm excuse me, the Buffalo Bills offense. He couldn't find his helmet. Okay. Again, as goofy as that is, at least we had a reason. There was absolutely no reason that Todd Gurley was standing off to the sideline not playing. Right. Only one reason. Oh, it was there was one reason. And he still has headsets on his head. And he still called a head coach. Now, right. I'm glad you said what you said because that's how I felt. I felt like I don't know that that's it. So there were two things that ran through my mind. And tell me if you agree with some of this or none of it or all of it. I said, okay, apparently the Rams have gone into Super Bowl or bust. A bust mode, yep. Uh, mode. So they want to switch it up. They don't think golf is the guy. So they want to bring in Matthew Stafford, who, again, is a – numbers-wise, if you look at his numbers and if you really just have ever watched Matthew Stafford, the dude can throw the ball. He can sling that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, or as they say in, in the NFL, you listen to old school NFL guys, he can spin that thing. He can spin that thing. Like he can throw, he, that dude is the old school gunslinger type cat. He's the Brett Favre type cat. He's the John Elway type cat who can just, just deal, just throw that thing out there. What I, where I would never compare him to a Brett Favre or a, uh, John Elway is in here. Right. Now, he's exactly. a tough kid. He's a tough kid. Like, he going to get hurt and try to keep playing and all that stuff. But Super Bowls and conference championships and playoff games are won a lot of times in here because you're playing equal talent in football games. You got one game to win. 
So every mistake is the biggest mistake you ever made. I don't know that Matthew Stafford is the dude I want in that situation. But you've already gone through that with Jared Goff. I don't understand. Not to mention, you gave, uh, you know how they say, uh, you know, ain't no sense. You, you buy the cow, you get the calf. Man, you gave them the cow, the calf, the bull, the barn, right. the hay. You gave them everything for a Super Bowl or bus type of situation. Right. And I for don't a guy, like I said, for a guy that's never won a playoff game. Now, I do believe that Stafford will look, is going to look great in this offense. Um, the one thing, the one thing that Stafford does have the advantage over golf, he's a little bit more decisive with the football. You know, he like he he likes to let it rip. Um, and I think that's what McVay is looking looking at. Most coaches think they can fix a guy. They so so McVay looks at the talent, the arm talent, the arm strength, and all of that. He's like, you know what? I can work with that, and so, he's going to look good. Like Matt Stafford is going to put up numbers. And LA, oh, yeah. the thing is, when it gets down Post to yards is coming. when it gets down to winning time, and they may go to the playoff. When it gets down to winning time, though, and taking that next step, does Matt Stafford have it, like you said, up here to make the necessary plays to, you know, get them over the hump? That's where my concern is with him mostly. Not, not, not that he's not gonna, you know, look exactly. bad or not play well. He's gonna, he's gonna play well. It's gonna look excellent yeah. in that offense. He, but well, you know, if, but, but, but you said it's Super Bowl or bust, you know. So that's it. That's it. It's Super Bowl or bust. So here's my question. Sean McVay was the green lighter for uh what's his name? Jared Goff to get that uh four-year $134 million contract two years ago. Now he's telling the same team, this ain't my guy. If these dudes don't make the playoffs, or excuse me, don't make the Super Bowl, is Sean McVay out? No, not yet. I think it depends on how far they go. I think if they go to the playoffs and lose in the playoffs, I don't think they get rid of McVay. Um, that fact is one thing, too. They're already in Super Bowl or bus mode. They ain't gonna yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you another reason why they, they made that move. Is because you know they went a whole season without any fans at all. Um, they're probably, I'm going to assume that they'll at least have some fans back in some form of fashion. They want to put some butts in those seats. Matt Stafford is going to make that team look a little bit more exciting too. Um, but well, to me, to me, like the, the 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 Lions came out looking good because here's for one, okay, you traded your franchise quarterback. That really hasn't done too much for you. And you get a guy like Golf. Like I said, Golf is not going to set the world on fire, but he's a good guy. He's a, to have. he's a veteran. So now if you go out and draft a quarterback, you don't have to rush that guy in immediately. Golf is going to have a chip on his shoulder. He may end up improving with the right coaching, the right system. He may end up improving. He may end up being your quarterback. But if not, mm -hmm. you still got two first round picks on the back end where you can go, you can go, you can go draft a guy at some yeah. point. So I'm gonna trade for a guy because you got those first round picks. So those right. are, are still tradable, tradable uh assets. So, so what you see happening in Detroit, which they finally are doing, 
which they should have done years ago, is especially when Megatron retired, tear the thing I down said that was and uh and rebuild yeah. and rebuild the right. I said that that was a move. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Mm, okay. Go ahead. Um, I, I said that was a move that was like three years past uh, due, overdue rather. Um, I thought Matthew Stafford would have been gone from Detroit. Um, again, not because he's so awful, because he's not awful. I just thought that Detroit would be like, all right, we got to move on because they didn't do anything. They didn't do that dude no favors with adding people. They ain't had a running back worth talking about since Barry Sanders, but before Barry Sanders, or back when Barry Sanders was here, they ain't had a quarterback running. They had a quarterback, right. So it was always a little bit off balance uh, with this team. And uh, they've been, I mean, how how are you blessed? This is how, how I always am scratching my head when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. How is Detroit, who's an awful organization like the Browns have been, how has Detroit had one of the best wide receivers in the history of the world and one of the best football players to ever play football ever in my lifetime? And right. I can't say either about the Browns. I can't say either <laughs> about the Browns. You know what? But, but, that makes, but, but, but that makes Detroit's situation worse because they had it and still didn't do nothing with it. It does. I'm not listening. Bro, you ain't lying. I'm not. You know I ain't lying. Listen, I know you know what I'm saying. Right. I just, I'm like, man, how couldn't we have looked up and got uh, uh, Calvin? And I know yeah. people that are great, Jerry Rice's and Calvin Johnson's, these dudes are not made on a regular basis. These guys are incredible. There's a reason that you only get one or two of these. My thing is, you have one of the best wide receivers that's ever played ever. Also, one of the best football players that have ever played ever, and Barry Sanders. And in my whole lifetime, I'm only 46. We're only 46. Yeah. We still can't say that here in Cleveland. But that tells you the dysfunction, as Sean said, that occurs in Detroit. So now I'm going to tell you what. Who won that draft? Oh, excuse me, that trade? Detroit, hands down. Because you have the ability, and they also have a good football guy that's running their organization right now. And John Dorsey, John Dorsey was the the the, the button pusher on this. He, he was like, absolutely, buddy boy. Yeah, we'll take them, and we'll run with this, and we'll take those draft picks, and they're gonna listen. And that ain't the last move they're gonna make either. They're gonna keep making moves and making trades and, 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 and picking up free agents. Detroit ain't going to be bad for a long time. Not for a long time. They're not going to be bad. They, they may not win those Super Bowls and all that stuff. They're going to be respectable at least because he was building that kind of team here. The only thing that got John Dorsey out of Cleveland was that he wanted to bring Freddie. If he would have shut the hell up and decided, yeah, we need to move forward and keep it moving, but he just didn't want to be surrounded by all those analytics. Freddie is, I mean, excuse me, uh, John Dorsey is a gut, uh, a butch, John, uh, butch <laughs> Johnson gut guy. Uh, my gut, I mean, Butch Davis gut guy. My gut. Yes, yeah, they have an interesting dynamic there now because Dan Campbell is a kind of fiery guy too. 
I forgot yeah. that he played with them back in the day. When I saw I said, oh, that's that Dan Campbell? Because yeah. when he was a coach yeah. at Iowa State, I never equated him to being that guy that used to play for the Lions. When they were showing some highlights, I'm like, okay, I remember yeah, that dude. Too. You know, I remember when he yeah, played with uh, Detroit. I remember him too, so, and, and I think that I think that adding a real football guy, a guy who has an eye for talent and an eye for ability. Um, again, John Dorsey drafted Nick Chubb. I wanted Bradley Chubb. He drafted Nick Chubb. Guess what? My bad, bro. <laughs> you were more <laughs> correct than I was. <laughs> You were absolutely right, uh, John Dorsey. So he does understand how to draft. He does understand how to put a team together. I think Detroit will be fine. But now we got this weird-ass conundrum because we're probably going to extend Baker, probably going to extend him. But what I heard earlier this week is that this trade might have screwed Baker because maybe all he's going to get is that extension. It's, it's screwed up a lot of quarterbacks. It's not not just that trade. Carson went the Carson Wentz deal. Um, the Deshaun Watson debacle that's going on now. People forget Deshaun Watson just signed an extension um, before the start of last season. You know, which probably... And they named all that stuff. They mentioned it was probably will, will make, make it hard to trade them because that's a lot of money that comes with him. Now you've got them locked in. You can look at it. Well, I got my quarterback, you know, for, you know, three or four years. That's a lot of money. That's a big number. Um, So, yeah. So I think now teams are going to be a little bit more cautious before you throw out, you know, that type of money. You know, Jared Goff got paid way too soon. What happened to to the days of you had to at least win something? Not necessarily a championship. Well, no, you just had to prove it. that you're gonna win it when a playoff game. Do something where you show that you, you just were, have you're to Yeah, now like, I hear they, they're saying. doing it based on potential. Like we think you're gonna be the guy. It's hard to find quarterbacks now, so let's go ahead and throw all this. But like Kirk Cousins, another Kirk Cousins was Mister Eight and Eight, and he got all that money. Now, He's how does that look now, Minnesota? You know, you stuck in mediocrity, a mediocre quarterback. You know? He basic. And I, I agree with you. And I think that we've hit a spot where teams are, and, and, and to me, this is where that crossroads between change and stability can be an issue. So what do I mean by that? I mean, everybody wants stability. Everybody thinks, well, we keep hiring these coaches and firing these coaches and we keep getting quarterbacks and then changing quarterback. Well, to me, where everybody wants stability, I want the right quarterback to be stable with, or I want the right coach to be stable with. It'd be different if we were hiring the right people. If we were hiring the right people, I'm with you. Let's stay stable. But when you're hiring and drafting or a free agent picking up the wrong people, it works against you. So you have to make the change. And this is where, to me, guys like uh, uh, Carson Wentz or even guys like Jared Goff, where you pay these guys early because you're like, oh, he got us to the Super Bowl. So you pay him a four-year, $134 million contract. Paying this kid $30-something million a year 
uh what is it 31 million dollars what, what is it uh 30, like that. seven almost 37 million dollars a year you at that crossroads of he's basic but we needed to make sure he stay here because he understands the system he understands what we want etc cetera, etc cetera. you gotta know that this is your guy now i know people are wondering why I brought Baker Mayfield into this. Sean tapped on it. Sean understood exactly where I was going. The reason we bring Baker into this is because he does have an option year coming up soon. This is fourth year. He's going to this fourth year was is next year. He's got that fifth year option, but people are like, we should just sign him immediately. We we were just saying. One guy has gotten his four-year option or fifth-year option, and they extended him instead of doing that. But he's on a whole nother team now. And the team had to give up two first-rounders, a third-rounder, and a player to get that whole contract off of their roster. They wanted to get rid of that entire roster. That's the only reason all of that went down. Mm -hmm. But most teams ain't in a position to eat that. Most teams are. So do you want to be in that position with Baker? You want to give Baker $130 million right now? Or do you want to see what he's going to do this year and then just work his whole contract? To me, it behooves you to be a little more patient. I agree. As much as I like Baker Mayfield, I agree 100%. I think we need also, to as a, and, and, since, and since we're talking trade, um, all you Cleveland fans out there that's throwing all these dumb trade scenarios, how we just go out and just get Deshaun Watson, please stop. Like, y'all getting on my nerves. Y'all don't have no type of logical reasoning. Y'all just throw stuff out there. Like, we, we can just trade Baker. I was like, I'm like, why would Houston, if you don't think Baker Mayfield can play, why would Houston trade for him? And give us and give us the shine. And listen, like that, that doesn't make any type of sense. And if and if you know whatsoever. And if you and if you, the dumb fan, don't think that Baker can play, why would Houston think that he could play? Yeah, so I guess I just if said, he's not you know, the guy. Like, come on, bro. Like that's just dumb. That's just dumb. It's gonna go just and hand hand the Deshaun Watson over. You know. Just because just because we want them, you know, like doesn't make I any sense at all. Good. And on top of that, you know, stop. The Browns fans have always wished for what everybody else has instead of sometimes appreciating. Now, sometimes we didn't have a, you know, sometimes we did have shit. We had crap. So yeah, of course you're gonna cover another yeah. player. But right now, man, we at a point now where we hadn't won a playoff game in 26 years. Uh, we got a good a roster here. Um, embrace it. Embrace these guys. They need that support. Baker doesn't need Look, to hear, you know, he does not. About you, you want a playoff game the first time, whatever, and now I'm talking about half the city don't, don't want you. We don't need that type of energy right now. You don't have to be married to him. You don't have to be enamored with him, but that's your quarterback right now. Just show some but support. You gotta give him right. You now, give if him he goes out and he stinks up, if he stinks up the joint, and he doesn't show improvement going, okay, fine. But we are the we are the we're in a good place right now, um, organizationally. And stop with the negativity. Pretty soon, um, these dummies when when 
if, if Tennessee decides that they they will move on from Derrick Henry, you have these idiots here talking about we we can trade Chubb for it. You know, Derrick Henry. Henry. Burr, 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 burr. Dummies. Right. All dummies. Also, let's stop. And I get it. OBJ is a movable piece. He really is. Uh, our offense worked without him, and um, it makes sense to potentially think with his contract to move Wait. him forward. And get, I'm sorry, he's not really that as tradable as people think he is. But he, and listen, bro, you 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 preaching to the choir. I'm just saying this stuff for I the got, people that I, just, I, I, got you, I got you. You know, the people that just think we can just move this guy who's making uh 13 and a half, 14 million dollars a year, and people would just want him, and we could just trade OBJ and get J.J. Watt, or we could just trade OBJ and get Watson, or listen, man, stop. Or we could trade OBJ and get the safety from Minnesota. Hey, man, stop. Stop it. We are, now Sean got on me earlier because he like, bro, you already going into how many games we going to win type stuff. And we only like, we're only six months away from the season starting. <laughs> yeah, you're playing a schedule again. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's early. It's early, but they put it out. So I put it out, you know, just as a, hey, look at our schedule. I, shoot, I see about 10, 11 wins, but I need to also see what we're going to do. This is right now. This is just today. Um, and at least I prefaced it. I'm not one of these people who going to go overboard or lose my mind over simple stuff. Right. Not in general. Not in general, I know. Um, so you guys are talking about training OBJ. It says to me that y'all don't understand football, football. Because again, I'm going to say what I said earlier today, and I'm going to say what I said a week or so ago. OBJ is an equivalent talent to Tariq Hill. The problem is we don't use him that way. Now, could we trade him? Yeah, we could trade him. He's not that much of an asset right now to any other team. Teams aren't just going to give you what you want Especially because of that. Really coming off and coming in the last three years. That's, um, I mean, come on, man. Come on. These GMs weren't born yesterday. It all makes sense in terms of what what's... Uh, and then plus he's deemed as a as a distraction and all that type of and stuff. He's really, let me tell y'all what Jack Conklin said. And y'all can go look it up. Look up Jack what Jack Conklin said about uh, Odell Beckham. He said that coming from Tennessee, which wasn't a bad locker room, that this was the best locker room he's ever been in, ever. And a lot of that was because of OBJ. But y'all want to continue to tell me that OBJ is a distraction. Y'all want to continue to say that OBJ is a cancer or a bad player. Y'all just talking about what y'all talking about because that's what y'all saw. Y'all are deferential anyway. Right. So if you don't listen to a guy that actually plays with him, Kevin Stefanski said one of the reasons that stuff was so smooth was because the juice and because of OBJ, when he came in, and one thing, he said, and got, one thing, after, after every season, 
normally after every dysfunctional season that we've had, you start the, the stories start coming out about how dysfunctional the locker room was and blah blah blah. But even after the Freddie debacle last year, you heard about players not necessarily buying into Freddie, but you didn't hear about dysfunctional players. players. It wasn't about and the this players. Year, and this year, you ain't heard nothing. Coming you ain't heard a word about Berea. You ain't heard a word getting along or anything. And I tell like you something else I've seen. I've seen OBJ working harder to get back on the field. Yeah. Yes. He, he's said the worst thing that could have ever happened to me was me watch them yeah. move on without me. I hated it. I hated seeing them get to the playoffs and be successful. I loved it. But I hated it because I wasn't a, a part of it and I couldn't help them. That's a teammate, dog. That's not somebody who's selfish. Right. Because that's what I would have felt. And I'm a regular dude. Listen, I ain't yeah, got nowhere right. near the talent that OBJ has. But I would have been pissed off if I couldn't have been in the playoffs. I would have been pissed. When he got hurt, you know what he Donovan People Jones said it. Actually, six people said it in interviews. He said he walked off the field with a torn ACL, by the way, walked off the field. And as he was walking off, they said, Donovan Peters Jones said, man, I walked up to him. I was trying to give him some dap. And he hugged me and said, Yo, you up, go be great. Who says that when you are cancer? Right. Nobody does. So it's nothing wrong with OBJ. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to chill out. And this dude, if we use him correctly, if we can get Kevin Stefanski, Andy Reid used to be this way back in the day. He was so stuck on certain things. And he had to do certain things a certain kind of way. Yeah. Andy Reid only became the greatest coach possible when he got outside of his own box. Well, one of the better coaches that we've seen, because Belichick is the greatest coach possible. Uh, but he, Andy Reid became on the echelon that we can discuss him with a uh, Belichick, once he started thinking outside of his own box, doing kind of unconventional things, not weird things, but stuff that, hey man, I lost doing this. I ain't finna lose doing this again, type of thing. You have to be analytical. And I think you also have to be instinctive. You can't just be analytical i don't think one or the other wins you football anymore right not anymore not in this nfl i think you just have to open up the, the box and be a bunch of things a bunch of different things uh so that's just a shout out to to kev i love listen i go hard on kev because i ain't had no coach here that i thought needed to be here but i do think kev needs to be here i do think baker needs to be here I do think OBJ needs to be here, and we need to figure it out. I also think that we need to run the ball more. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Yeah, you you, you say that emphatically, um, you know, quite often, and I agree with you. I definitely agree. You know, sometimes I think, too, um, this is going to sound like I'm making an excuse for the coach, but I'm not. Sometimes you have too many toys to play with, and you don't <laughs> know what to do. No, I you know what I'm yeah, it's yeah, like sometimes, yeah, yeah. like when I'm playing Madden, like people always wonder why, like even back in the day, like at, at my height, when I was really good at Madden, it was around Madden 93, 94, right? 
And people used to always trip on me. Like, man, it's like, why are you getting the Chargers with Stan Humphreys? Because I knew they had a great defense, so I didn't have to worry about that side. And I give the ball to Marion Butts and throw to Anthony Miller. I, like I kept my options low, because but I but I could do enough with them to win. Now now when I start playing with teams like the Oilers, I got about eighty five weapons, and this at the third, it would be like overwhelming. <laughs> like to me, I got I got too much stuff to play with. I don't know who to go to. But if you could give me something simple. That, 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 that it limits what I can, what I can do. Where you can move and how you like, man, like, when you went in with the charter, like I got a great. I had Leslie O'Neill and Stanley Richard, and and yeah. Seau and them dudes back there. I had to worry about that side of the ball. Now I can I can slowly burn the clock down with, with Marion. But who's the other running back they had? They had another Antron. Antron. Yeah, I just slow slow burn y'all with this run, and it hit yep. Anthony Miller and uh and and, and Papupanu. Every now and then, over the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was, they, they, by they the way, it was not Papoopa New, but I know who you're talking about. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was I'll not Papoopa New. It was Papoopa. <laughs> yeah, nah, it might have been. It might have been Papoopa New. It was not Papoopa New. <laughs> I think it was Panu Panu, but it was not Panu. I, I, I was killing dudes with them. And I think sometimes <laughs> the fans he looks at that, he was like, man, I gotta get all these guys the ball, but ain't no balls to go around. You, you know, you just have to do the simplest stuff, bro. Like to stuff. me, the 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 switching out of the, the um, hunt and 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 uh chub is necessary on certain uh situations, but you can't hamper yourself because having Chubb on the field, it changes everything that the defense does. Mm-hmm. They're they're like, no, this dude is on the field. You don't want to keep switching them out so much that you tip your hand. Like, don't outthink yourself. Because now, especially late in the season, we saw almost an even shift of when they were on the field. Now, I know people will say, well, no, they ran evenly in certain games. That's not what I'm no, saying. Uh- them being no. on the field, their snaps became even. You can't right. do that. You can't do that. Because now, these snaps that this dude is on the field, I'm like, oh, they only brought him out here to run. So now we stacking against the run in terms of the defensive uh, thought process, the defensive coordinators. Oh, they got Chubb on the field. Let's get the heavy guys in there. It's right. not like we got so many uh, passes off of that. Right. It's not like we, you know, you did the play action. If you got to do your play action, and now we're moving into uh, an, an NFL where you're seeing more four-two-five type of defensive schemes, so you always got an extra defensive back on the field. That don't even help you. That doesn't even help you to do all them switching, and a lot of that is just analytical based on what down it is. And I don't want to get off on a super super tangent. Because it's just going to make me sound like I'm coming down on Stefanski, and I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just trying to uh, say we have so many. I agree with Sean. Got so many weapons. I don't know the last time, probably in the 80s, going into the 90s, where I could say with assurance, we have so many offensive weapons. 
I don't even know where to throw the ball. I don't even right. know where to hand the ball. You know what, too? Yeah, I went back. It's just real quick. Real quick. I went back and started looking at stats. And that's why I thank God for pro football reference. Um, those yeah. of you who don't know, been under a rock and don't know about that website, that has every stat for every person that's ever played the game of football, probably going back in the modern era. So, you know, I saw, I started going back and looking at team stats that teams that had prolific offenses, like the Vikings from 98, when they had, uh, uh, Moss, Chris Carter, oh, Jay from, Murray. From, uh, yeah. Yeah. Randy Moss, yeah. Robert Smith and um, Randall kind of Oilers when they had the run and shoot, when they had, uh, you know, like Haywood, Jeffries, Ernest Givens, Curtis Duncan, and those Ooh, guys. Yeah. And I started looking at, at their stats. And the, the, the amazing thing was that you would think that all those guys were just having outrageous numbers because of the offensive stats that were being put up, and they didn't. It, they, they had, like, their main guys that, you know, that did the heavy lifting, and everybody else just kind of played, like, their supportive role, but they were effective because they're even though Curtis Duncan may only had 45 catches that year, they all meant something. But it's, like – his yards per catch average was something like 20. So even though he only had 45 yards, 45 catches, he was making, you know, big, big plays. I should think Jake Reed had like 80 catches a year. He didn't. You know, Moss have 100 catches. Uh, Chris Carter had maybe like 85. But Jake Reed only had like 35. But, but when I remember watching those games, though, Jake Reed always seemed like to make a big play. Yeah, so yeah. – so that's what I got me yeah. thinking. Okay, so if the Browns players, if they all check their egos at the door and let if everything happen, if and if Stefanski calls the game, lets everything happen organically and not try to force it here and there, just let it flow. Right. We should have a have an offense next year. Now that we're coming into a second year, we should be moving just like this. It should be clockwork. Well, I'm not saying it's gonna I mean, be perfect, but it should be it should be clockwork. Everything should be. Uh, I agree on an even rhythm. I agree, but that's where my excitement comes from, bro. Like, and that's also where my frustration comes from when I hear people talking about bringing in somebody else to be the quarterback. Listen, this dude is the first time in his career. He's in the second year of an offense that he can grow in. And he actually has proven that he can be better in it. So right. allow the dude to be better and know what it is from day one and let him continue to grow. Let his maturation continue. Because what did I say? Why did I tell you I was so mad at Kevin Stefanski? Because I believe that we wasted an opportunity for us to get to the Super Bowl. I thought this team right. could get to the Super Bowl and we're nowhere near perfect. We ain't even close. No. We're so rookie raw right oh, now. Oh. We ain't even close to a Super Bowl team, but we could have got to the Super Bowl this year. So what, what is Ron saying? What is RP saying? RP is saying Baker is good enough to get us to the Super Bowl. He is. Because I thought he could have did it this year. And all we would care about is us, the Cleveland Browns, being in the Super Bowl. And I think we could have pulled that off this year. I truly do. I'm mad as hell at the coach. I'm yelling at the coach. I'm going off on the coach. This dude still almost made us get to the Super Bowl. 
with one or two different things. One or two different plays or one or two different plays go a different kind of way. I still think yeah. that we could have got to the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean that he was perfect or prolific in his play calling. It doesn't. Just like it doesn't mean Baker is perfect, but we still could have been, listen, we ain't been to the Super Bowl ever, ever in the history of our lives. I would have taken this bum-ass Super Bowl <laughs> over anything Holy because I never have seen my, I've seen every one of my favorite teams, whichever team was my favorite team, but whatever point I was in my life, I've seen every single one of them be in a championship situation. Every single one of them. I watched Tiger Woods right. on a Sunday, believing that he was going to win. I've seen him come back on Sunday and win. I've watched Mike Tyson win titles. I've watched uh, Venus and Serena win titles. I've watched the Spurs. The Spurs is one of my favorite teams. Win a title. Ohio State has won titles and been there to win titles. The Cavs, every, the Indians have been there. They ain't won, but they've been there. The Browns, the only one of my teams, and they're my favorite team of favorite teams. And we had that opportunity this year. So was I a little bit erratic a couple weeks ago? Possibly. I wasn't wrong. I was just erratic. <laughs> my delivery was all over the damn place, but I was, I was spot on with what I was talking about. You can't waste these opportunities. You can't. Yeah. Tom Brady and Mahomes, two guys who have been there a few times, are there right now. But guess what? They're not going to uh, uh, Brady ain't going to be there for much, much longer. Right. And it's almost somebody else's time. Josh Allen learned some shit this year. Josh Allen is going to be a different monster next year. He is. Good, bad, or indifferent. He's going to be different next year. We had the opportunity to overtake that cat and just luck our ways into a Super Bowl. And I saw that. I'm sorry that y'all didn't see it. Yeah, they just call me Nostra Ron, Ramos. Uh, that's what I do. I'm, oh, Lord. I'm, very, I'm very prolific in uh, my foresight. Uh, shout out to Nostra Ramos. That's, that's, that's how this goes. So that, <laughs> hey man, what's wrong with you? You need you need some you need you need some oxygen. What's all that extra breathing you're doing over there? Right. <laughs> you be going you be going too far. You be going well, you be taking stuff to the next the next level for no reason. No Storamus. Come on, man. That's right. No Storamus. I tried to told y'all we could have done that, but it's okay. Because I truly believe in the direction of this team, uh being the Cleveland Browns. And I truly believe in my quarterback. For the, I, I didn't come into this season that way. No, I did not. But I got faith in him. I damn sure got faith in my running backs. Uh, backs, I said that with an S. I, I believe in this running backs. Uh, I believe in this offensive line. I actually believe in our wide receivers, too. I think the offense is pretty solid. Yeah, I think we need a little bit more depth on certain angles, but I think the offense. Yeah, it's the defense that has to be shored up. The offense, the I think, is fine. It's, it's the defense. If the defense um, was even half of good as it should have been, 
as what we recorded. Uh, and 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 <laughs> uh, where we, I think we were like 18th or 19th defensively. If we were even close to that, if we had players that were even close to that, we would have been like 12, which could have gotten us into the Super Bowl. Correct? Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent 100. percent But look, man, we're about right at that. Yeah, we right at the cusp. We're right at the cusp. Right right cuss, cuss. So, did you have so anything else you wanted you wanted to add or? Nope. If I add anything else, we'll be another hour. Right. So, nope. <laughs> so we're looking forward to uh, a great Super Bowl. I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl weekend. Have some good food. Um, on Super Bowl parties, be safe driving be safe. home. You know all that good stuff. Uh, you know, mask up if you need to. Um, you know, everybody just be responsible out there. Yeah, be safe. Good time. Um, I'm looking forward to this game. This is one of the ones I'm looking forward to um, the most in a while. I think this is a very intriguing matchup, player wise and it should be a fun game. Definitely should be fun. So you guys can check us out on uh, Two Guys on the Mic Two One Six on Facebook and Instagram, and on all streaming platforms is Two Guys on the Mic. That being Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Anchor, all that good stuff. So on that note, um, I love you, bro. You be safe. Have a good rest of your week. And uh, we'll uh, see you guys probably have a post-game, post-Super Bowl show. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a – absolutely. We'll do a, a, a post-Super Bowl show. Uh, Sean, only, only thing Sean missed was our YouTube page. Uh, two guys in a mic, two one six. Come check us out. Uh, I, I, subscribe to see the entire show. IG, but I forgot about you too. My bad. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. You you hit everything that needed. You needed to say that. <clears throat> so uh, come check us out there. Um, come subscribe. Come comment. We try to chat with you guys as much as possible. Uh, again, uh, have fun. Have a good Super Bowl weekend. If you guys want to. Uh, Go hang out at a Super Bowl party or something like that. Please take your mask. Please, uh, as Sean said, be responsible. Uh, be responsible with your driving as well. Um, and we will see you guys on Sunday night. I love you as well, Sean. Uh, again, thank you uh, for being a part of this. I thank you guys for listening and for hanging out with us. Uh, two guys in the mic. Peace out. Love you all. all right. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.